the wind turbines, the water filtration, like how bad do you have to be? And I just, that's what clicked it off. And, and that kind of um, got me down the path and up joining the NSA and um, uh, still in the Air Force. And I got there and they're like, you're in charge. I'm like, in charge of what? On this episode of The Introverted Iconoclast, I sat down with my great friend, Rob Lee. Rob is the co-founder and CEO of cybersecurity firm Dragos, which among a variety of things has the most impactful slogan I've ever seen, safeguarding civilization. Furthermore, it couldn't be more accurate. Rob and his team simply put, protect our way of life. From the water we drink to the food we eat, Computerized control systems are in charge of it all, which in turn makes those systems ideal targets for adversaries, nation state or terroristic. Rob is truly one of the good guys and I couldn't be more grateful for him doing what he does. Enjoy. Rob Lee, how are you, my friend? Doing well, glad to join you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, man. It's been a long time and uh, it's good to see you. I, I feel like, you know, through the pandemic, we um, everyone lost track of everyone for a little bit there, even though was all the more reason to sort of get on the phone and talk or get on a zoom and talk. So, well, good to see you. And, um, yeah, man, like I was saying right before we got the recording going, I'm not, um, big on trying to create contrived, boring conversations. And, you know, while we'll probably touch on some kind of security and work related stuff, I don't, you know, which naturally weaves into the course of the conversation, my interest and what I think is really fascinating, man. And what I've been a huge fan of you about is, what what would appear to the rest of the world is very clear, very, very directed intention and focus that you've had, man. It's pretty incredible, man. I got to I got to commend you. And this isn't me blowing I smoke love, up your ass. I love how you're like, Rob, you're a basic bitch and it works for you. <laughs> <laughs> so is that the key to success? I yeah. knew it. Man. You're very focused, which is like, Rob, you, you ain't got much going on, dude. No, no, no. I got I got one. I, I'm a one trick pony and I try to oh, dude. at it. But that's it. <laughs> no, man. I mean, and what's going to be great is like my listenership aren't necessarily cybersecurity folks. So they may not know clearly like what you do and all that. And I'm not going to, I don't want to bore you with having to go into too much detail. What I will say is one of the best things ever is on your website for the company, you talk about safeguarding civilization. So for the sake of just the folks getting that, you are one of the few people in the world that I know that really does something in our specific space. It's fucking important, dude. Like literally there's so much shit that we all do that is so pointless and just lip service to, you know, security and it's all this talk. But when you come on stage, so to speak, proverbially or literally, it's meaningful. Like it's a, it's, it's serious shit. So dude, like, you know, you're, oh you're a very polarizing character too. I know you have a lot of friends and you have a lot of people that maybe, you know, maybe you're envious, yeah. we'll call it that. Um, but you've done a really amazing job, man. Um, for those that don't know. Yeah. Thanks, man. I selfishly want my kid to have lights and water and grows up. So yeah, yeah. we're all together. Yeah, absolutely. And man, the timing couldn't be more crazy um with everything i mean talking about literally since we met you know essentially four to five years now it's turned into this behemoth of a thing right oh uh, it's every time we turn a corner some other jerk in the world is like i can kill people through cyber let's let's try it I'm like <laughs> i don't know i don't know how many brains to, like i'm i'm from alabama yeah I, I drink i have fun i hang out I'm sure I've killed plenty of brain cells, but I don't know how many brain cells you have to kill to want to kill people. Like I just, you know, there's, there's some gap yeah. there for people. Totally, man. Totally. So 
what I'm curious about is, you know, you're the, like, the, the story is perfect. You know, you had a really interesting experience. I don't know what, what drove you into the military. Was it a, was it a, uh, were you enlisted? Did you go, how did you get there? I'm curious about that part. Yeah. It was parents? Parents. So like, I, yeah. So my, both my parents were enlisted. Dad was a Vietnam guy and they grew up and both came senior master sergeants. And I was very proud mm-hmm. of them at all. Um, nice. And yeah, like you, you know, you're, if you grow up in that kind of household and you have your father around, there's kind of a, you want to go do your, what your dad did. Sure. And um, it's always thought air force was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a scholarship uh, in Alabama uh, where I'm from. I got a scholarship there in Alabama anyways. And I was like, ah, right, I'm that's cool. And my dad was like, Oh yeah, you couldn't have, you couldn't have done the air force anyways. And I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. So like, he, he really? totally, Oh, he totally reversed psychology to me. And so at the end of it, I was like, I, I, I could do that. <laughs> and so instead, I went out, went out, and uh, did a military academy, and uh, graduated as uh, a little butter bar, a little second lieutenant. Um, but mm. I actually didn't have cyber as a focus. Mm. Um, like I always like computers and games and stuff like that, but I wasn't sure. big into cyber. Playing rugby and having fun, whatever. What I was big into was Africa, and uh, mm. I spent time doing like humanitarian missions down in like Cameroon, building uh, what I didn't really understand was control systems, but building little these little weird boxes that had programming languages that could like make wind turbines and water filtration units and i got to see what these little control systems could do for society like i remember having you know not all not all cameroon africa is like you'd paint it right in a picture it's a very yeah. advanced place in many ways as well but in the place that i was at they had a variety of villages and, and, and some that, uh sort of underprivileged in terms of economic condition folks and um I remember this mom confiding in me of like, you know, hey, this very simple act of this control system generating energy off this wind turbine is allowing me to charge car batteries so that Mm. I can run LED lights at night so my kid can study after working all day and he's going to get out of his trap. And just God bless, you know, just the, the amount of emotion that comes over that to recognize your own privilege and also to be like, holy crap, these people are amazing. And right. then to one day find out that jackasses around the world, like, I'm going to attack those systems. Like, excuse me? You know, go steal the bank credit card information. Yeah. I'll, I'll file a claim. Go, you know, go take down a, an aircraft carrier if you want. Military weapon systems, have fun. But the wind turbines, the water yeah. filtration, like, how bad do you have to be? And I just, that's what clicked it off. And, and that kind of um, got me down the path, ended up joining the NSA and uh, uh, still in the Air Force. And, I got there and they're like, you're in charge. I'm like, in charge of what? And they're like, uh, find the unknown unknowns. I'm like, what the, <laughs> does that mean? And they're like, we don't know. I'm like, all yeah. right, well, what are y'all doing control systems? They're like, what are control systems? Like, all right, we're doing control system threat wow. discovery now. So that's, that's yeah. it. That's, it's, it was that's really awesome. Well, you know, I got to say, man, so, and you probably know this about me. You know, I came from the world where I was getting information from my customers. I was on the competitive intelligence or corporate espionage side of the house originally um overseas so i was doing it for american companies on behalf of them for the oil sector primarily which is ironic because we never talk about oil together yeah. um but then around plenty of SCADA systems and <laughs> everything else in kuwait during the refineries oh, yeah. back in the good oh, old yeah. days what's what's physics, funny about baby. that is physics, what's up you know i said physics there you, you go can, man you can throw a lot of shade you can make up a lot of hype and buzz yeah. terms but you cannot beat physics no doubt about it, man. I'll never forget. I went to SNC Lavalin when I was a young tyke doing some work in Ocean Tech or something. It was a competitor. And all, and this is old school 
shit that probably doesn't even matter anymore. But it was fascinating because shit you're probably still seeing as problems today were things that manifested then, as we all know very, very well. But what I what I wanted to say is relating to your story, you don't get a chance to talk to folks very often. I had a chat with um, I don't know if you know Arsnake from, uh, but originally White Hat Security and when yeah, Jeremiah yeah. Grossman's partner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't you know, know personally, but I know of him, and I like Jeremiah right. very much. Yeah, yeah. Both of those guys are really good dudes. Um, and you know, Arsnake's done some amazing work chasing around you know um, predators, online predators, and I'm like, now that's fucking valiant work mm-hmm. right there. Good stuff. What you're yeah, doing is valiant work. Yeah, I saw something he was doing with some Australian task force or something recently too. Like, mm-hmm. and 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 yeah, we can all don't get me wrong. Yay, cybersecurity. Yay, yeah, civilization, all that. But talk about rescuing kids and stuff. Holy crap! Like uh, Sergio Capagroni's wife. Yes, so Sergio McKeevy Vintel. He helps them. He deserves more credit than I'll ever give him. But it's really his wife. <laughs> Uh, and his, yeah. his wife, she runs a Global Emancipation Network, and they use data oh, wow. analytics to bridge together these databases that just nobody ever took the time to bridge together between police forces around the country and sure. around the world. Right. I think even like last year, they freed like two or three thousand women from like bondage just by being able to link in databases together. And like, I remember, I remember telling her, and she's she's such a sweetheart. But I remember telling her, uh, I was like, "Don't you ever pay me a compliment." You know, like you're one of the people that can make me feel like shit. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, man. Well, talk about talk about the totem pole here, brother. I mean, look, that is no question as you know saintly as you get. What you're doing absolutely ranks up there too, because what you said, your story is a very good example of that. This no, no, but look, man, what we're doing, and so I do it. For, yeah, just like you. There's a lot of us that don't do this because you make money. Hell, you can right. do something else. Um, but you feel a calling, and you mm-hmm. go for it. But then there's there is no market, there is no money, but I'm going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. her, you know. And so that's that's to your point. That's a different level on the totem pole. No, it's really interesting stuff, and it's it's cool because I don't think people, you know, the mainstream certainly don't get some of this. There, there's no there's no connectivity. There's no connective tissue between those things. What's what's fascinating is I had a really interesting epiphany because I was chasing money, man, for a long time. That was my big goal and family and wife and kids and all that and then and then having some moderate success with an exit took me into a really dark place because i was having this conversation with someone i interviewed recently and it was this whole idea of what happens when the dog catches you know the car what happens when now people like myself and my dad and i'd love to chase something down you mentioned a little bit earlier because i think you and i may have had an interesting parallel i never realized my dad and i were very kind of headstrong characters with each other he was entrepreneurial but didn't want me to be he just built something. He's like, well, just take this over. And I'm like, no, I have no interest in that. And I was like, don't you understand? I need to go do my own thing. He's like, no, I have no idea why you'd want to do that. I'm like, didn't you? He's like, yeah, but I did it yeah. for you. And it was this weird circular inception argument we had all the time. Um, but I think, you know, coming to fulfillment and satisfaction, which is your point about that gratification of what you're doing, you would appear to be someone that does have a very deep seated not only interest in what you're doing, certainly a subject matter matter expert, but you're really enjoying this, it would appear. I mean, I know there's parts of it you don't. We talked about some of this before the, yeah, the recording. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's some challenges there Not when it comes all to of them are bad. It's, I always feel like <laughs> there's a VC that's gonna reply to my tweet and be like, Not all men, you know, like all right, all right. <laughs> right. The toxic masculinity VC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's right. some great capitalists out there and we wouldn't sure. be here without VCs. 
that True. being said, yeah, now there's a there's a whole breed of them that run companies through an Excel spreadsheet, pretend they know what that is. It's a little rough to watch people that I know and would love to mentor get eat up by predators. But yeah, anyway, sorry to digress no. with you. But yeah, no doubt about it. But you know, I think you know you, you've um, when I first talked to you ever, I remember it was one of those times where we were we were talking because we were introduced through a VC. And it was here, talk to so-and-so Rob. And I'd heard of you and I was like, cool, I'll have a chat. And we have this interesting chat. And I'm sure, you know, you've had a several thousand million chats before between then and now. Really? Yeah. And it was interesting because I was asking what your goal was. I was like, Hey man, you think you'll probably see an exit out of this thing? Do you want one? And you're like, Hey man, I'm going to ride this, the wheels off of this thing, so to speak. I think I'm paraphrasing. And I was like, that's pretty badass. That's commitment. Because I certainly had a, a very like I said, I'm from yeah. Alabama. I got my teeth. I got my health care. I'm happy. <laughs> like I made it. You know, everybody wants their private jet. I don't need that. I, I, That's I great, man. It. You got to you got to realize though, while some of it is altruistic, some of it is arrogance of mm-hmm. maybe not arrogance. I, I don't know, but it's not all like I'm competitive as well. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I love what we do, and, and I'll bend over backwards, take care of people and stuff. And and, and some of the work we do, you land the Fortune 250 customer. It feels good. Mm-hmm. You land a small town cooperative mm-hmm. that didn't ever have an opportunity, and you gave them an opportunity that is worth ten of those two right. things, right? And so like, there, there's some good feelings in there. But, but that being said, mm-hmm. one of the areas I'm hyper competitive about, one of the one of the places that I get, I don't want to use the word arrogant, but it's probably just pure arrogance. Is I think about all these foreign intelligence agencies and militaries, mm-hmm. and you know this world very well. And I think about all the folks who go, oh, adversaries have the upper hand. And, oh, they only have right. to get one thing right. Defenders have to protect everything. I'm like, ah, that's all trash. Um, like, we have advantages. We have things that work for us. Your adversary is somewhere between the ages of 18 and 35. Government's their first job. They got healthcare, PowerPoint, management, too. You know, like, the people are people. Mm-hmm. But what I love is if you combine up all the intelligence agencies, you combine up all the militaries, billions a year at least a billion a year, if not billions on this specific topic of industrial infrastructure and targeting industrial infrastructure, billions a year. And we've taken maybe three, 43 million in venture capital over six years. Mm -hmm. And I look at that and I go, we get to stand in the way of all (laughs) these jackasses spending billions a year. And we took three, 43 over six. Yeah, that feels like defense is doable to me. And that there's a certain, and I know it's arrogant, but it's a certain like, all right, Come into my court. See see how we're going to treat you. All right, because like, right. these lights are staying on, the manufacturing is staying good, and, and you're you're a prisoner yeah. in our house. You know, and I like that, that. dude. That's brilliant because you know you're right. And look, I'm as guilty as anyone talking about the asymmetry at times. You get roped into those conversations. You're, you're you literally just put that on its head, right. which is beautiful. No, but, it's but, true but, though. But you are you are talking about everything, which is if you sure. still everything. There's some definite asymmetry, especially if you talk military. So not not. To, to pay credit to your point, if you're talking military on military, cyber mm-hmm. and everything around it is, is 100% asymmetric. You're, you're asymmetrical. Yep. You're, you're, you're spot on. But, tell, you know, then then I see people complaining about subsets of subsets. Like, hold on now. we got a whole right. lot of upper hands. And if, and you always see, you know, somebody get on TV. Oh, man, it was – they were advanced. <laughs> they were <laughs> super advanced. Yep. I've never seen somebody get up there and be like, that was some basic shit. And we just didn't. Right. Care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. The first, well, most recently I saw that, thankfully, was do you remember when the whole Ukraine skirmish, not not when the Russians made it, but it was late last year and they did some defacing of the websites and they're like huge cyber attack. And then oh. thankfully 
the community didn't go jump on the FUD factor. And they were like, um, it was just graffiti, guys. Calm down. Yeah. Yep. Thankfully, that was one time where I wasn't embarrassed by our own community. It was like, oh, good. Yeah. And you're, Let's you're not even get seeing crazy. some of the journalists get really good at that. And I don't mean like the niche. I don't mm-hmm. mean niche bad work. But I mean, not the specialists. Like Kim Zetter and Andy, all of them. Like, sure. They, they know better. But you're no starting doubt. to see, and, and I don't mean any disrespect, I'll throw out the names, but you're starting to see like Frank and these other folks at Associated Press that aren't on a cyber beat. Mm-hmm. but they're starting to get it and, and they have been yep. for a couple of years they, but they're really communicating and one of them uh, what was his name Raphael, i think Raphael yeah, from the associated press got a cyber attack added into the associated press style guide that everybody follows explicitly on if it's espionage defacement whatever this it doesn't count stop calling it a cyber attack and i was like damn wow. man was, it was nice to sort of see the journalists taking the feedback from our community yeah. and trying to represent a little bit better and that was real nice no, it's really great because, yeah, there's there's a lot of chicken littling and it creates trouble for when there is something that's a real problem, you know, certainly, especially oh, yeah. when it comes to your business, because, frankly, if you speak up and you say something, it's like, hey, everybody, this is going to turn lights off in the house. You might want to pay some fucking attention to Rob right now versus, yeah. hey, there's a defacement of some website somewhere that's getting equal footing. Absolutely oh, ridiculous. Yeah. And you'll see, I mean, I've been in the boardrooms about it and they're they're getting real sharp. I mean, it depends on each mm-hmm. company. Sure. But I was in a call it Fortune 50 boardroom recently as a guest, and the CEO was getting cybersecurity briefings, and and it wasn't the we care about cyber, thank you so much kind of mm-hmm. BS. It was, hey man, you just talked to us about this business email compromise. How yeah. much is one of those cost? Right, like fifty thousand dollars. He's like, I, I get that it's important, but there's nobody in this room that would answer your email for a fifty thousand yeah. dollar problem. You know, like right. it's not not a thing. And then he's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, well, I also have some other slides on, like, the safety side of industrial. And he's like, excuse mm-hmm. me now? What did you say? Mm-hmm. And he's like, the safety. He's like, could somebody get hurt from a cyber attack at one of our plants? And they're like, yeah, that's why Rob's here. He's like, I want to hear everything about that. I don't care the cost. Our duty Very cool. people is people's safety. And so, like, my, my point in saying that is um, there's a lot of cybersecurity practitioners becoming CIOs and CSOs these days, which is good because we went through that generation where they were business people and they, they had to do something. Sure. They didn't have the same opportunities, and so it wasn't they were doing anything wrong. Um, but we're starting to get those folks that are also learning to speak business, and like it is a good thing coming for the industry. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. You know, you recently got back from Switzerland. You went to the um, World Economic Davos, Forum. Was, uh, yeah, man, Davos. Yeah, I don't. Dude, that I'm, was impressive. I'm be real straight yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah. No idea. I <laughs> screwed up, but uh, it was fun and it was weird. How was it? Like, it, it was like secret cabal weird. And, and oh my I mean god, man! I thought you. Know, I, I was. I was like de- desperately trying not to say that as a joke, oh, but you had no, to say it. Like, so go for it. Like there was definitely some craziness <laughs> on the outskirts. Like there was sure. snipers everywhere and shit for protection because like the whole like Q, whatever oh, yeah. movement, QAnon thing. Said, yeah, the QAnon mm-hmm. people were like the great reset and they're going to be taking our children and stuff. And so mm-hmm. there was like some straight up weirdos like on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't mean to see ball that way, but like I always heard Davos was one of those places you could have a 30 minute meeting and do anything, you know, sure. like you can meet anybody and you can just walk up to whoever you want to meet and you just, they'll just talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, that's bullshit. Uh, and even in the first day I met the founder Hans or whatever. And like, he was super Klaus, and nice. Think... Klaus, yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, he was like, uh, yeah, just walk up to somebody. And I was like, bullshit he's like well if you don't walk up to him there's an app just request a meeting and i'm like thanks multi-billion he's a nice guy but i was like thanks multi-billion dollar klaus 
But right. I hear from <laughs> cybersecurity bearded leprechaun looking dude. Like, I'm pretty sure they're going to be like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. And uh, I followed his guidance anyways and was like reaching out to people. And all of them were like, yeah, sure, of course. I'm like, wait, what? Wow. I remember sitting in like a little space waiting to go on a panel and like John Kerry and Bill Gates walked by me. I'm like, what's up, guys? <laughs> wow. And like, what's up? <laughs> like, oh, That's amazing, God. man. So Talk about pre-vetted. And, uh, Good Lord. It was, it was crazy. Like it was. Yeah. So, like, first of all, the WEF, uh, the World Economic Forum staff, just brilliant people. Yeah. Uh, and being associated with it was like, I'm, I'm one of those like classic, I forget the guy that gave the quote, but I'm one of those classic, like, any club that would have me as a club I don't want to be a part of kind of people. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to be in this room. I don't want to do this thing. Like, pretty introverted, which is why I like the podcast title, anyways. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And, uh, uh but with Davos, like before I was even over, I was like talking to my handler or whatever. I was like, so uh, how do I, how do I get back here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't do this. And they're like, you, you, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know if we want you back. Yeah. I was like, oh, we'll call so you. Cool. You don't call us kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah. all right, man. All right. You fucking Neo. Like, <laughs> no, That's amazing. There. All right. That's amazing, Rob. Well, tell me something, man. And this is kind of dovetailing into something I talk about a fair bit, which is, you know, lifestyle, entrepreneurial family stuff. My wife has to put up with a ton because I do what I do. How's your life changed in the last, I mean, I'll just call it three to four years since, since I know that you got your initial big, the big stuff with, with, um, crash override, which, you know, we don't want to dig too far into that. People can certainly do their homework, but man, you've had one hell of a ride. I mean, like we started there, you started about Alabama military. Now you're talking about Davos, dude, like talk about mental shift and adjustment and family man how how have they fared through all this yeah i i think it was beneficial that my wife met me when i was a military and mm-hmm. so the military is already hectic and weird and travel at any moment all that kind of stuff yeah so that was useful um but the uninspiring kind of statement is like not a ton so I, what's i'm one of those i think i'm fortunate in the sense that it was a timing thing and a lot mm-hmm. thing as much as anything else where I've not ever been different in terms of, no, I'm not wearing a suit. No, I don't want to put up your bullshit. Yeah. I'll be transparent. I'll just tell you what I feel, mm-hmm. but it just worked out because of the timing of like, we need that at this point on this subject right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe tomorrow yeah. I'm not, but like it, 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 so far it's worked out. The only thing that I've become conscious of and I had to fight. And, and I think this is a yeah, good dovetail again with the podcast title is I used to be willing to sit down and write a paper or write a blog or do anything on any subject I wanted to um, and publish it immediately and mm-hmm. feel good. And it was just throw it out to the wind. Here's how I feel. Sure. And I find that I second guess myself when I tweet these days. Mm. And, and it's because I know, like, if I want to say scrutiny. something, it's the scrutiny. And, it, and, it's, mm-hmm. and it's also the weight of it where, I'll have, and I don't mean this as a braggadocious comment, I mean this is to, to answer your question. If I put something out, I'll have a prime minister reach out to me at the same level that I'll have uh, right. a Sam speak. And that's unnerving. And so sure. I've gotten in this place that I try to be a lot, I'm still I'm still kind of off the cuff and I need to be careful, but <laughs> but I try to be a bit more measured because what would happen, and this pro- is actually more than the prime minister and senator thing, the thing that really changed it for me was um, I had written back to back like four or five white papers on ICS security over the course of like a year that well, we ended up being pretty, pretty decent in hindsight. And um, it was three or four years later, uh, someone came up to me and said, 
I'm in this field because of that. I read that when I was in mm. university or whatever. I got a job. I showed it to my company. We built an ICS security program. Now I'm leading that ICS security program. We got 20 people on our team. And, 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 and that story kept coming back to me. And it took a three or four year delay on those topics to start hearing about them. But mm-hmm. now that it's hearing about it, it's like, oh, crap, what am I writing now? Right. How's that going to be perceived three or four years from now? And I get in my head about it a lot more than I know I should. So I, I mean, should I? I made a comment the other day where I was like, TSA screwed up on the mm-hmm. SD2 pipelines for gas. Like, sorry, they're nice people. I'm not saying they're bad people. But this is a right. mess up. Right. A trade association picked it up. Company, you know, Politico picked it up. It was in a congressional hearing. My comment. Mm-hmm. Now TSA is being pressured to change it. I'm like, oh shit! Like I'm like I'm glad on the outcome, but it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, I need to I need to think real close. <laughs> Spider Man. Yeah, with yeah, great yeah, power yeah. comes great responsibility. Problem. Yeah, and so I hate to say it like yeah. that, but that's that's the biggest change. Is I'm I'm getting I'm getting in my head yeah. a little bit, and I need to be careful. No, I hear you, man. And I like where we landed here because. Do you want that level of power, man? Do you enjoy it? No. Um, mm. And so I'm very honored, and I and I I'm I'm not trying to be too choosy my words here. I'm very Mm-mm. honored the fact that there's so many people that pay me so much kindness in terms of wow, I took this class or I did this thing with you and blah blah blah, and it shaped my career. My cynical side mm-hmm. normally says, "Look, man, you were going to be good or bad with or without me. I'm glad it was a nice little nudge." don't think you came to a five-day class or read a 20-page paper and it changed your life you know like yeah. you were on a path it happened to be a stepping stone maybe at best if anything you're just being real kind but i still get all the oh shit now what do i do with that and and so i love i love being able to help but um i value my privacy and everything pretty heavily mm-hmm. and and not trying to make it out to be like I'm any known mm-hmm. person, but in small circles I am. And I got actually, I'll, I'll tell, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll be candid. I'm always, I'll be candid. Um, I did a keynote at S4, which was is the probably the largest or second largest ICS conference. It's always like SANS or S4, right? And uh, it was seven, six hundred people there, um, which is huge for industrial security. It used to be like twenty of us sit around a fireplace, um, right? So, but Dale's done a good job. He's over six hundred people. And I did the keynote in the morning and I got off stage and I got flooded with people so much so of just really nice comments and everything else. And again, I, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. But sure. it got so bad that it took me an hour to go from the stage to the front wow. door. And by the end of that hour, I was supposed to stick around for the rest of the day and I didn't. I went and bought, I know I'm not an alcoholic or anything, but I went and bought mm-hmm. a bottle of Hendrix sat on the beach and just drank just to get away from people and i was like i can't i was like small panic attack if i just couldn't deal with the volume of people mm-hmm. and uh and yeah and so i i i classically am an introvert i'm very yeah. honored that i can have a small fingerprint on some of the stuff that's getting done um, but it is very very taxing which is you know yeah it, how bullshit of me to be like it's so taxing to have nice people <laughs> Uh, like I, I probably sound like an asshole, but like for me personally, it was just, it's just a lot sometimes. No, man, I fully identify with what you're saying. In fact, you know, you, you gave some nod to the, to the title of the podcast. So I, I wrote this title out because, <clears throat> excuse me, it defined me, which was, I wanted to be a change maker, iconoclast in the more modern sense of the word, not trying to ruin religious symbols, but, yeah. um, you know, but I, 
but I'm, un- I'm introverted. So I didn't want to ruffle feathers. However, I wanted to be a change maker. Talk about the dichotomy. And that's not served me very well in certain cases because I, my wife will admit this very much. Like there are times I've just sort of been like, just let it ride. I don't want to, I don't want to fight that fight. And she'll be like, what are you doing? Go kill it. I'm like, nah, it's just, it's not a, it's not a hill to die on. And she's like, but that's going to have a dramatic impact on the outcome of something. And she's not the only one that said that. I say it to myself now. But it's interesting because the ambition didn't match my extrovert, lack of extroversion. It's probably helped in some ways. I think, you know, you would agree. What you just said defines something very, very clear, which is you're, you're thoughtful in your commentary, which is rare. <laughs> you know, people like to talk for the sake of talking most of the time. And I think that's probably what's gotten, at least the way I viewed your, your outward delivery. It's, you know, you said it even, not even a few minutes ago, you're pontificating every single tweet you're doing. That's respecting the community that listens to you. And and man, that's a wonderful thing. And it's exhausting though. So the taxing nature of that has got to be. Well, hard thanks, because thanks for, thanks for turning my yeah. weirdness into a compliment, but yeah, no, man, it's, but I identify very much with it. It's and you know, the kind of folks I've had a chance and honor to talk to on this podcast already. I mean, some of them are incredibly cool, man. They've done some really, really amazing things, but they're very extroverted. And I'm, I'm kind of looking at them like, Hmm, look at this animal. This is interesting. You know, yeah. we're both looking at each other like different creatures. You are someone oh, yeah. I identify with. I get it. I totally get I it. it man. I, I, if I was in a, entrepreneur meetup i would imagine that it would be you me elson and in the corner hating every moment of it (laughs) (laughs) such a true statement right there speaking of which i gotta get her on this podcast man that's a great call god she's yeah Um, she is i don't you look i can't i can't tell you anything about her company leadership and everything else so i'm sure it's amazing but that that lady is so damn skilled and so smart and yeah we'll all be like let's do cyber but for industrial, everyone's like, that's innovative. I'm like, that was kind of obvious. So like, I, you know, I just got there. That was kind of obvious. She's like, how do we do homeomorph- homomorphic encryption to like fundamentally yeah. change how data is used? I'm like, damn, Alice and Ann, like, calm down. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's pretty epic right there. <laughs> so yeah, smart. she nailed it. Um, yeah, she's she's like the Steve Vai for, for musicians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, she's good. She's good. Yeah. And, you know, she's not pretentious because she's a PhD. No. You know, I, yeah. I, you know, as much as she's probably had things in her career, surprised she's not like it's Doctor Allison. You know, but for her, it's just like, <laughs> very hey, humble. High five, right? yeah, super humble, super humble. Yeah, no, great point. No, really interesting, man. So, what what is there's Dragos, obviously very successful. What's next for Rob? And I don't necessarily mean work. I mean, I'm just talking about life. <laughs> okay, no, just Dragos. <laughs> I I uh I have no intention to do anything other than this for ever. Um and hopefully yeah. hopefully one day they'll find a better CEO. And I'm not looking to give it up. I like doing it. Right. But I'm just saying like you always hope that the next person behind sure. you's got better and can go. And so eventually iterative evolu- evolution of it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I know that I'm a first time founder CEO. Surely they can find better eventually. Um but uh when they do, I'll take a chief research officer position or something. Mm-hmm. Like I just I, I can't imagine doing anything else. And I was, I think I'm halfway decent at this. I, I was telling them. Staff, I would say I so, like, buddy. <laughs> when I look at, when I look at what they're doing, I'm like, like, what would you do if you weren't CEO? And I was like, I don't know, drug addict. I'm like, <laughs> just like, there's not, there's awesome. not a, you know, this is a, I don't do drugs, but like there, there, there's a, 
Yeah. yeah, I'm good at this thing, and if you look at this thing, it just matches my ADD level of like being all the day. I'm right. Like, I don't know that I'm skilled at anything anymore. So like y'all, y'all are the ones that are doing good. But um, anyways, personal, um, I don't know. Like I, I not to be political, but as much as I love mm-hmm. this country, I got a four year old, and we're gonna try to have another um, kid. And yeah, um, hmm. things are things are getting a little dicey. And uh, they I, are. I, I hope that I can maintain living in the country that I love. But um, if I got to worry about my kid getting shot all the time, um, yeah. uh, New Zealand's looking pretty good, you know? And so um, there's yeah. no, no choices on that kind of stuff yet, but we're watching. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I, you may or may not know this. My wife and I bought our, our bug out plan. Um, it's still in this country in theory. It's in Maui. And uh, I was there before I came back to do Prevalian before you and I got to meet. And I, you know, sometimes question why I did that. But, you know, here I am. Yeah. But it was interesting because it was very much this, you know, it was acres and acres off in the middle of nowhere just to kind of breathe and let my kids run on soil that doesn't have some sort of weird, you know, chemical that's going to make them sterile. And, you know, it's just on and on and on. And it was funny because we found that place primarily focused on four major things. It was clean air, clean water clean sleep and clean food those were the those are the parameters dude you know how hard that was to find oh i bet it was just impossible you know every place i found was either in south america where there was a destabilized government that i couldn't live under or it was someplace maybe in asia that i simply just can't go to and then it Maui's, was like Maui's, all right that was a good place yeah. for that i mean that it is a place we looked was new zealand yeah and, uh, i've been there a couple times and everything and i know there's a lot of privilege in that statement itself but like my, my yeah. wife and i uh, yeah. went there and all and I got to tell you, I love them, love the people, love, love everything about it. Also, being from Alabama, where everything right. can kill you, is a lot like <laughs> Australia. And being in a place like New Zealand, where nothing can kill you, eh, that's pretty. That's pretty nice. Is you know your stupidity and gravity can get you. Outside that's it. Other, that's a Maui you know, problem too. Uh, yeah, it's, it's nice. <laughs> great. Look, I don't get me wrong. I, I I feel, and maybe this is again my pretentiousness, but I feel more like a global citizen than I do an American citizen. At the topic of. I mm-hmm. would disrupt NSA. Like if NSA or CIA went after civilian infrastructure somewhere, I'd, I'd happily disrupt it. Like civilians everywhere should be protected. Mm-hmm. That being said, there's a certain part after military service and everything else. I think just for a lot of people, you, yeah, you want to you want to have pride in your country. You want to bleed red, white, and blue. You want you want to believe in the best of things. And I sure. generally do. But when you see Roe v. Wade, and you see school shootings, you see all these other things. You're like, come on, man, is this is this a third quarter slump, and we're gonna Steph Curry our way out of it, or is this? is this something right. to watch and um and uh yeah i think i think a lot about that when i have to get in front of, you know we've got 550 or so employees now wow. i have to get in front of the staff and and all my my female identifying employees and you just look at their faces and you're like Fuck, and there's not like anything you can do in that moment it's like yeah i, I don't know what it is to walk your path i'm mm-hmm. empathetic apologetic would not be the appropriate word i'm empathetic sure um, but i don't know it i'll never will know it and all I can say to you is, is whatever you need, let me know. But God bless, you know, thanks. Thanks for being here. Um, sure. I don't, even, like, I don't know. I'd be uh, thinking a whole lot. So we, yeah, we don't have to go down that path too much, but my, no, my point it's, is it, it, when you talk yeah. cybersecurity, you talk human behavior, you talk all these things, it's all intermixed. And yeah. uh, I, I've been on the offense um, mm-hmm. for this government. And the, you know, the thing we never did, never sat around was like, um, uh, oh, that person, that person's a woman or that person's this ethnicity. Like, no, it's like, Hey, you know how to hack you? Uh, can you do this? Uh, come, come on board. You know, like, yep, we, we, exactly. Like I've, I've never met a more diverse setting than we were on yep. the offense. 
And then I see sure. defenders throw all this like, well, do you have that certification? Do you have this? Do you have that? <laughs> like, y'all losing because you're picking fights on the wrong topics. Well said. Well said. And no, and not to, not to, like you said, take it down too much of a dark path, but I'll say yesterday morning, 4th of July, woke up. By the way, happy bladed 4th, Rob. Yeah, we didn't um, that sounds unpatriotic. My wife no, we didn't either. I bought a bunch of fireworks around fire off today and irritate the neighbors this day after. But what's interesting is, and this is not interesting, this is sad. And it's to your point about what, where are we living now? What is going on? And what should we consider? Literally, I kid you not, seven in the morning, Amber Alert goes off. Nine in the morning, another Amber Alert goes Rob, I'm not kidding. By the end of the day, my daughter even came running in. She's like, my phone. Like, she's like, what is going on, dad? Because she knows what they are. And I'm like, it was it was a record number of them yesterday, and it made me think. I'm like, man, what is going on? Like, th- there's such a huge, huge level of the the energy, neg- the the energy of negativity is so palpable now, and I don't want to dwell on that either. I don't want to help foster it, but I think I to your point, I'll be honest. Be honest yeah. It shouldn't yeah. be a political statement to say we have a domestic white terrorist yeah. faction. In this country, mm-hmm. and I worked counterterrorism mm-hmm. in the military for a minute, not very long, just a minute. Sure. And you can't tell me the, the pictures we had and getting ready in you know Iraq and everything else with uh, women that were holding up a Quran with an AK forty seven in front of a flag don't look a whole lot like a lot of these rallies, you know. And so, right. I, again, I'm not, I, I am not Republican and I'm not Democrat. I'm mm-hmm. genuinely, genuinely right down the middle of stay out of my stay out of my lane. I'm good. Right. I just I don't right. care. I just want my kids to be happy, healthy, everything. I think yeah. most people are like that. And, and so yeah. it's, there's there's crazies on both sides. I'm not trying to make it one way or the sure. other. Sure, of course. But the fact that we can't acknowledge something without it becoming political, mm-hmm. that we can't say, good point. "Hey, that kid that shot up Illinois uh, mm-hmm. in Highland Park was waving a Trump flag," mm-hmm. and I'm not saying Trump is the devil. I'm not right. saying he's culpable. But I'm saying we should explore the root cause of that. What of the messaging, what of the thing inspired that person? You're not mm-hmm. a bad person. He, I mean, he is. People around that, you're not a bad person. But let, let's let's analyze this and get to root cause analysis, which is a fundamental right. engineering principle in industrial control systems. And yeah. even for us to come out and go, let's get to the root cause of something. Well, well, well what about the others? I'm like, well, we're not talking about that right now, man. Let's stay on focus. On the yeah. Side. Next, next discussion. But anyways. Long story short, and somehow evil can even jump in our way back to the topic of the podcast. <laughs> my, my, my point to your question is, as we look at these practitioners that come out and want to solve really hard challenges, like cybersecurity yeah. challenges of state actors trying to break into infrastructure or any other topic, we all need to be open and clear-minded and, and analytical to be able to approach these things. And I'm worried uh, that some of the way we're bringing up kids where – I was always looking at the next generation to just solve it. Sure. Now I'm curious of how much more we need to be doing to allow them to be able to do that. Cause I'm not seeing the analysis without the bias. And it's oh, totally really, agree. Important, really important. I've heard in the last, <clears throat> excuse me, last probably two years of my life, more references to idiocracy as it relates to our industry than I have in probably 12 years. Not that the movie oh, was out back God. then, but man, Tell me you haven't heard the same. It's crazy oh, how much has it. happened. I used it. Literally, I was me in a too. debate with somebody <laughs> at a global infrastructure company, and they kept trying to ram the standard and framework. Yeah, electrolytes. And I was like, but what risk is it solving? Because it's causing right. problems. Well, this is such and such standard and certified group, whatever. I'm like, I get it. It's what the plants mm-hmm. crave. But why <laughs> are you doing it? You know, I'm like, it's just, and so it's. 
hard not to reference the movie in some of these conversations. Yeah. And, oh, it's and people it's sometimes prophetic. look at me like I'm an expert, and all I do is ask a better question of why are you doing that? But right. but 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 the standard, like, no, no, no. Why? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's very thoughtful. I'm like, no, I have no idea why he's doing it. That's not thoughtful. <laughs> I just want to know. Why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Critical thinking, man. You know, and this is something that speaking of generational shifts and paradoxes i mean you know i've got i've got a 16 year old and i've got two little ones younger than than him and you know he's he's a he's a good kid for for the age he's at and when i look at his peers though you're you're right man there's a very interesting now then again you know like i was watching mad men i started watching that just to catch up old binging when i can't sleep at night it's interesting because it's 1950s it's it's an era when my parents were with matt and they were together and now i i'm learning from the show about a little bit of how my parents are and what they're like it's very interesting i've learned a lot from that that show and every generation seems to have a kind of a general sense of oh well that next generation is going to be a mess and I, oh, yeah. I'm there, having the same no limit of old men on porches yelling at young <laughs> yes. kids. Right. I'm not, no I'm doubt. not trying to be that way, but, but I think there's a demonstrable difference in you and I disagree versus you don't even have a point. You're just right. echoing something you heard on TV. Like let's mm-hmm. dial that back a little. And I, I do think of all the changes to different generations out there, having on-demand news of whatever flavor mm-hmm. you want on any mm. platform you can well choose puts you in a bubble. And and speaking as a kid from Alabama, I remember there were some rural parts of Alabama that were as racist and awful as you can imagine. And the moment you got some of those people out of that circle and introduce them town next door, get them out of the state, do whatever, get out of their bubble, they were apologetic. And they were like, oh, my God, really? And I'm like, mm. I didn't know and, and education was a, a cure to a yeah. lot of toxicity that I saw. And so when you don't have to get educated and you can mm-hmm. just choose to subscribe to whatever you want to believe in life, I do think that's a different generational problem than we've seen before. Good point. So my kids are homeschooled. At least the younger ones are. <laughs> Educational <clears throat> incest. <laughs> right. There you go. Well said, man. <laughs> no, I, I, we, we plan to do something for my kids, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm no, dude. Stuff. I'm telling you. Alabama, I, couldn't ta- I couldn't pass that one up. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. You're, you're, you, have a, you have an actual license. You're card-carrying Alabama for that one. That's good. Yeah, That's yeah, classic. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny, dude. No, but it's true because the truth of the matter. Back to Davos, how not to get invited back to the end of <laughs> dude thankfully i don't think my podcast is that well listened to so i think you're in good shape but no that that's hilarious dude but no it's it's such a funny point because look at how it got so imposed during the pandemic dude it's crazy uh your your little one obviously was probably still preschool or pre-kindergarten right it could have been and i didn't Mm. we held him back and been teaching at home yeah just because i've been worried about people and also of course more you know all power to people to choose whatever they want yeah, we are yeah. a vac boosted. Go at it, be safe, family. I was doing DoorDash forever. I, I couldn't. For me personally, no offense mm-hmm. to anybody, for me personally, I grew up wanting to be a superhero. You read a Marvel mm-hmm. comic book or something. You're like, I could save lives one day. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, Wait, you can? I can? I can just sit home, wear a mask, and order groceries to be delivered to me, playing on that introverted <laughs> card, and potentially save lives. Yeah. How, how am I not taking that combo? You know, I'm like totally. all these people are like, I want to go clubbing. I'm like, 
did you watch the latest Thor movie? I loved it. I want to be a superhero when I grow up. Stay home. That's all you got to yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. So tell me, this is this is a cool segue. What what do you what do you like, man? What what's something that's not work that like I looking at you right off the bat, I would assume you might be, you know, maybe a gamer, maybe a tabletop gamer. Is that accurate? Yeah, I wish. And so you're right. Mm-hmm. In the olden times, for sure. Yeah, the olden uh, times. I, I would love to play video games. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, these days, though, I, I probably the the horror story for others, but but I am all in on Dragos to the point mm-hmm. where I don't have free time, and if I do, it's hanging out with my kid and wife, um, just yep. being home. I get um, it. One of these days, I used to I used to snowboard uh, when I lived in Colorado. I'd love to go mm-hmm. snowboarding one day again, but I haven't in six plus years. Uh, yeah. and uh i love video games i'd love to get uh, you know a race chair and like a stream yep. thing where I'd, <laughs> I'd love to go all in on something like that i feel like that was sure. a dream growing up and now it's a reality um the only thing now though is i started hanging out with some real ceos you know 550 person startup ceo you're like i'm a I'm ceo i was like that's adorable um but like i'm starting <laughs> hang out with some, like proper by name googleable ceos and they're like so what do you do rob it's like dragos they're like yeah okay do you do you golf and i'm like mm, no like do you do you hunt mm-hmm. mm, no do you do you drink I'm like i drink and they're like wine I'm like <laughs> no and they're like you're into wine now and so apparently i'm so boring <laughs> that like the other people are like if we're gonna welcome you into this club you gotta do something other than talk about industrial <laughs> that's funny so, man i'm trying to figure it out I, I think i think i'm starting to get into wine now I went to like yeah. one of these sommeliers where they're like, what will you have? And I'm like, red. And they're like, oh, sweetheart. You know? <laughs> you just feel the bless your heart coming over. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. Well, tell me, because I know, you know, your offices and God, the last time we were in the same place almost was that thing in Maryland where you guys had that rye. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So we got one of our employees is part owner in uh, uh, Epic Rye, E-P-O-C-H. So oh, okay. Baltimore yeah. Distillery, um, but they make Epic Rye. Um, we had Sagamore there because they were across. That the was the one. While. They were mm-hmm. they were real good. Um, Maryland has a deep rye history, as you know, but for your mm-hmm. listeners, pre-prohibition, that was probably the, the the standard place to go, and then it's starting to come back. Um, and so we have, yeah, we have the office in Hanover, Maryland. We got an office in Houston. Got an office in Melbourne. Got a little office in Perth. Got an office in Dubai. We got an office in Riyadh, and we're getting ready to open up an office in the UK. Uh, wow, so man. That's, uh, that's where we are today. And, um, you know, it, it's good, but market conditions, everything else, these are rough times ahead. Yeah. And I feel like we are well prepared, but for any, there's a lot of up and coming companies that I think are getting told like grapes of wrath level lies. Uh, right. And uh, they got to be real careful as they're choosing their partners. But we were very fortunate. Um, we, we took industrials, you know, Coke, National Grid, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the energy companies themselves. And they look at a market swing and go, it's okay. We're building long-term business. Clever. But, it's good. But, if you, but there are some flavor of the day VCs. There, there's some good ones. There's some definite mm-hmm. flavor of the days that for the last five, maybe six years, but really five, you couldn't make a bad bet. You mm-hmm. were getting 20% carries and stuff on in your funds. Now it's get back to 10%. Maybe you're sure. building them at 500. How do we focus on good bets? rule of 40 and, and, and things like that matter again. There's a lot of economic terms that if you, because you, you were for, you were, you, you were CEO of a company before this, 
Mm-hmm. But in this, if you came up in this five-year period, right, uh, you need to learn a new language and you need to right. validate your strategy. That's a great point, man. And, you know, as it relates to people that are, you know, nobody's seen more kind of entrepreneurial effort since the pandemic because people, like you said, had literally what you said, be a superhero at home now. And people have. They've taken it very seriously. They've taken it hard. And it's probably going to even accelerate with this whole downturn and everything we're seeing now because people have to. You know, talking to someone the other day, they were saying that, you know, the best thing about the recession or whatever is coming is that you really start to contemplate what the hell you're spending your money on. And people get a lot more shrewd about things, which is clever. Positive way to look at it. Well, I think it's fun. I think one of the best things, there was a comment I heard um, recently that was, uh, I was listening to uh, previous CFO of Coke, and um, mm-hmm. and uh, most people when they associate Coke, they think about politics of one of the late Coke brothers. And I'm not saying it's a bad guy or anything like that, but if you talk mm-hmm. about Charles and Chase and the people around, salt of the earth, nice people. I mean, and um, uh, the CFO, uh, previous CFO, was talking about it. They said, "Rob, this is an opportunity." And people say that, mm-hmm. but it was like, "Okay, yeah, okay, I know it's an opportunity. Yeah, if we stick around." It's like that's not why. And he put it in context, which probably you know and most smart people know, but it took me a second. And he said, look, man, there were thousands of companies that got funding, Mm -hmm. hundreds of companies that got late stage, 100-plus companies that went public in your space, thousands of people who back. And 90% of them don't deserve to be in business. Mm -hmm. Like 90% of them, it was such crazy valuations. 25, 30, 50, 60, 80, 100x ARR multiples. They do not deserve to be in business. They're not based on fundamentals. They were sucking up the oxygen. They were making it harder to find good funding. They were making it harder to find good talent. Employees yeah. were getting taught to be mercenaries and jump around every 18 months to try to get a higher salary stuff instead of like developing skills. I mean, you should always be treated right, but instead of developing skills and making a career. And, you sure. can, and you're seeing a market correction that means that you have real value to offer your employees. You've got a right. stable place to be, which means they can offer you their value. And like, it was just this nice commentary of, yeah, actually this is, like, it's going to be impactful for a lot of people. I don't make light of layoffs or anything else, mm. but for the companies that prepared well and had good business fundamentals, um, we and our teams are in a very unique position to do some real good and not just be kind of that mercenary flavor, which should have never existed in cybersecurity anyways. No, it makes a lot of sense, man. There is a Darwinistic quality that has been subverted for a long time due to, due to sort of the bloating and the the hand holding, the pampering. You're hundred percent correct. I mean, there's a lot of things that we're seeing. And then, you know, Oh my gosh. Good Lord. Buddy. Like I, I sat there and I was like, look, I, you know, just bubble from Alabama. Mm-hmm. How did mm-hmm. any of this make sense? And my CFO is a previous investment banker. He's like, Rob, all of this is going to be a hard train to come to the stop and it's going to be nasty. And then mm-hmm. I don't know how anybody yeah. looking at that thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty incredible. Do you honor as a somewhat related note to, to things that are going on? I mean, obviously there's a convergence of a lot of not only consolidation in the market with acquisitions and everything else, but then, mm-hmm. There's also consolidation a little bit with when it comes to some of the business that we're in. How many, how much do you think your organization, how much will Drago's head towards something beyond ICS? Will it, will you get into? And, and I'm careful about this, and you and I both know <clears throat> IoT is this broad, ugly term. Yeah. But how much does that start to impact your life in yeah, in terms yeah. of work? 
very very good question and and so i've i i think i make investors nervous because i should mm-hmm. my answer should be we can do everything in every market in every way <laughs> that's never what we've been and i don't have the desire to build that business they'd have to find somebody yeah. different um so i've expanded on ics to be ot over the mm-hmm. years because yep. to me ics was always systems and physics right but in some industries you really can't claim that the uh aviation system is industrial but it's a control system mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I'm like fine ot not it crap but to me iot is a subcategory of it mm-hmm. so i want nothing to do with it and and the the way that i view this now should i pick up with our product a camera system that's deployed in a mine sure but do I want to go specialize on camera systems? No. And I think there's plenty of vendors out there that can do that. But sure. my, my view is IT versus OT and, and information technology versus operations technology. Uh, the point is the mission, not the operating system. Yeah. And so enterprise IT has a very important connect businesses, make the world you know more digital, make the world a better place. It has a very important mission. And whether that's a Linux, Mac, cloud, uh, rack space versus EC2 versus each, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's enterprise IT. Right. And to me, OT, I don't care if it's a Windows operating system. Is it uh, managing a gas turbine system that could blow up and kill somebody? It's OT. And so to me, we will always focus on OT. And right. even in that category of OT, there's stuff that we willfully don't focus on, at least now. Hospitals. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that hospitals don't fit right into the safeguarding civilization mission. No doubt about it. Really important, life safety critical systems, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a good market there, and if we chased it, we'd grow faster. But I look at what the way they're approaching the challenge, and I don't disagree with it. Mm. I look at it and go, well... Even though it is OT, a lot of the challenge you have are classic IT security challenges that you're trying to solve for, and you are treating it more as a system versus a systems of systems. You are protecting right. MRI, and the MRI does not really relate to the X-ray system on the other you know, side of the floor. Sure. So I look at that and go, could we make money? Yes. Would anybody question us getting into it? No. But do I have some unique advantage that I can stand in front of them and tell them that their life would be completely different with Dragos as a partner? No, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't see that. And so maybe one day, but right now I, I don't see it. And so to me, it. there's Makes a sense. aspect, and, and it's more: is it your comparative advantage or is it your competitive advantage? Could I put somebody mm-hmm. in a after it? I, I bet we could. Or, or we play hard. Um, but is that the right thing to do? I don't. I don't think so. And so when I look at yeah. people dealing with power plants and whatever, and they're trying to treat it like IOT. There's not a mm-hmm. whole lot similar between Alexa and a gas turbine. And, and so <laughs> yeah. if I look at the systems and this system can interact with this, and here's that approach and all that. I look at that and go, we can provide unique value. We can make that company better. We can help protect the people around that plant, pharmaceutical manufacturing, whatever. That's where we'll be. So do I ever see us doing anything different than that? The answer is no. May the world evolve to where, Oh, we can now add a unique advantage over there. Sure, but will it always be OT? Yes. I don't care mm-hmm. if it gets to be if it tops us out. Oh well, if you don't expand the total addressable market by adding this, then you know, that's that's not what we're yeah. that's not safeguarding civilization is not how do we build the biggest company on the planet? <laughs> safeguarding sure. civilization. How do you take care of people? And I, I'll we'll, we'll stay on that. No, that's beautiful, man. <clears throat> the reason I asked the question was exactly for the way you answered it. It's because a lot of listeners I have are people that are either 
very, very early entrepreneurs or they're people that are kind of in this weird stage where they're trying to stop working in their business and more on their business and then maybe even beyond that, which is stop working on their businesses, working on themselves a bit. So it gets a little bit more, let's get into the family thing. Let's get into some experiential life. The money isn't all of it like you, we've mm-hmm. talked about already. And what you said is really important because it's really hard to know the limits. Like, for example, one of the first questions someone asked me when they asked me about your firm, <clears throat> when they said, oh, do you know Rob? And I'm like, well, yeah, fairly well. We, we've gotten to be friends over the years. And they're like, but doesn't his company have a fairly small focus as far as industrial? I'm like, you're probably not thinking about what industrial is first. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So right. Well, and I then I you, but I get that all the time. No, you're far away. Team. I'm like niche. Yeah, what are yeah. you talking about? They're like industrial. <laughs> I'm like, you know, IT was the add-on to OT, not the other way around. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. I'm like, and no kidding. This is a friend of mine that was sitting in California, and while we were talking on the phone, he was eating a box. Of, he was eating cereal. I was like, hey, so that cereal, right? Kellogg's, right? He's like General Mills. I'm like, okay. Do you know how that cereal was made? And do you know what was running the systems that probably made that cereal, those little checks or whatever the hell you're eating right now? And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I'm like, yeah, man. There's everything. a lot. It's yes. everything. I was talking to yeah. an investor, and they're like, yeah, but not like water. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay. Fine, yeah, like water. <laughs> but not like vaccines. I'm like, pharmaceutical manufacturer. And they're like, okay, but not like like the table you're working on, paper and pulp. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, not like real. I'm like, just a little mobile control system. And they're like, God. Yeah. It's all it's all physics, isn't it? I'm like, if you see physics, you're talking yeah. industrial. Yeah, it's a, yeah. And so I, you could argue that cloud and similar is a larger market. Sure, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I there's larger markets, but sure, yeah. there's larger markets. But there's advertising. I always, I always do have to laugh <laughs> a little when people are like niche. I've talked about if we yeah. go public. I told my CFO, and he was really his idea, so I'm kind of stealing it from. But I was like, what I want are like deck the video, and there was like, yeah, look at this. AI, whatever. And I was like, we don't do AI. Like, crap, <laughs> I was like, what I want is I just want a video that, that somebody, you know, guy, gal, other gets out of bed in the morning, talk about the bed, you know, little, see a little pop up. This is where the bed came from. They turn on the water, local water. Thing. They drive, they pass the stadium. Oh, there's a control system. Like every interaction on their way to work. Yeah. You just pop, 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 pop. And it's like, that's clever. Like, that's, no, that'd be awesome. Me, that was, that would be so much fun to like educate people and forget the security piece. And I, and, and look, I love what we do. I love security. Yeah. But I also, I get such a kick when people are like, I'm going to work at a utility. You're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah industrial. Yeah. Come on over. You know, it's just like a beautiful <laughs> world. If you, can, if you can sit down and watch the TV show, how it's made and your yeah, face. Great like, show, man. I'll find great show. You know, like, oh, it's, it's, yep. it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful world. No doubt about it, man. You know, you reminded me of something. We have to go, I have to dig it up on YouTube and send it to you. It was an old Arriva <clears throat> ad that was animated and it had Funky Town as the song to it. And it was literally the what you're talking about, where it showed this assembly line of things and it kept popping, it, kind of like what you're talking about. I was like, that was brilliant. It was one that stuck in my head, dude. So you got a mind for marketing, man. That's pretty brilliant. That's cool. He's a smart guy. That's awesome. It'd be fun. I just, yeah, our yeah. world's beautiful, man. There's a lot of stuff to get you down. There's a lot of craziness, as we were talking about earlier. But it's hard yeah. not to look around and go, you know, this whole human race has done some pretty interesting things. Yeah, man. You know, and I, I can't help as we sort of come to, come to I know I need to give you some time here because I know you're about to go to talk to Australia here in a little bit here. But um, the, one thing the that I like about this. <laughs> I'm going to broadcast. There you too. go. 
Australia. <laughs> there you all, go. All, Australia. <laughs> all of it. All, all Rob is talking to Australia. <laughs> and maybe get a little bit of a nod to New Zealand in case he moves there. Yeah, yeah. But uh but what's interesting is, man, I can't help but, you know, pick up on the humility and the gratitude that you express is beautiful, dude. Seriously, because there are people that don't know you and that, you know, your success and your rise to what you've been able to achieve, especially in this community, it's we're fairly small. I mean, cybersecurity is just not that big in the grand scheme of things. Your ability to maintain an incredibly clear picture, everything from zeroing on exactly what your market is, like when I asked about the IoT thing, wasn't a trick question by design by any stretch. I was just curious and I was genuinely curious on what the answer was. You're very clear, man. It's brilliant. And it's so refreshing because by now it would, it would be easy for someone like you to be like entirely overwhelmed with all the opportunity, losing your mind at Davos, you've bought some small island, you know, it happens all the time. And so I love the fact that you've got that much of a clarity about things and not to mention the humility and the gratitude is still there, dude. That's no, I commend you for that. You're extremely kind and, and I've known you to be the exact same way. So look, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on all that. It is yeah, real easy to stay humble when you know how bad you are. I know the depths of my stupidity. So I, I'm just grateful that the better men, women and others than myself have uh, afforded me the opportunity to, to be around y'all. But um, look, man, again, it's always good to see you. And I, I, yeah, I definitely appreciate you hanging out with me. No, I appreciate it, brother. Well, listen, this has been a great conversation. Maybe we'll do an encore performance at some point, and uh, I'll get this thing out there. And um, yeah, man, this was really, really good. Exactly what I was hoping for. I hope to see you soon in person too. Yeah, man, it's yeah, it's been a minute. We'll have to when when you yeah. when you figure out your your situation, or you just want to grab beer over it. Um, we can chat then too. But when you figure out your yeah. situation, we'll go. Um, once you once you celebrate your family, once you send a couple fuck you letters to some people. we'll go crack crack a bottle and uh, have a proper celebration you got it brother well listen have yourself a wonderful evening and uh, we'll talk soon